This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here, here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. We have outspoken commentator Peter Cohen joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live today with lots of fascinating conversations on a variety of issues. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Derek Kessler. He works with Mobile Nations. And we'll be talking about the Mobile World Congress, which is going to be happening this coming week in Barcelona, Spain. And he's going there. Lucky stiff. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, Peter, welcome back. And I asked you one key question here at the beginning of the episode. Do you have an Apple Watch? And you said, yes, I do. What's your impression of it? Is is the Apple Watch the indispensable item for you? No, absolutely not. The Apple Watch is nice, but first of all, the Apple Watch is, I I think, biggest um, strategic shortcoming is that it requires an iPhone in order to be of any use to anybody. So immediately it's a self-selecting audience. It's a, it's, it's a smaller audience than a general purpose electronic device, even a general purpose wearable, like a Let's say a Fitbit, for example, because it will only work with the iPhones. So anybody who's using an Android device is immediately excluded from from the party. Having said that, I'm very well invested in the Apple ecosystem, so it's not an issue for me. The Apple Watch has been a game changer for me in many ways in terms of tracking fitness, in terms of reminding myself when I need to take pills and supplements, in terms of reminders about upcoming events, in terms of being uh, messaged by important people in my life. And, you know, th- th- there are various use cases. However, it it's incrementally improved or, or made those things easier to manage. It hasn't revolutionized the way that I interact with any of my devices. What's been kind of fun, though, is how insidious it's been in in some certain respects. Like um, when I make grocery lists, because I do most of the grocery shopping in my house, you know, I, I used to type the stuff out on, on my phone. Yeah, I, ha- I have a, a shopping list uh, that I share with other members of my family. And, you know, I, I would take an accounting of, of what's in there. And now I just raise my phone to my, my mouth and I, uh, I hit the button on the side of it. Siri comes up and I say, add eggs to the shopping list. And it adds eggs to the shopping list. So in that respect, it's made my life easier. But again, it's, it's a convenience issue. It's, it's not a game changer. It's not an indispensable part of my electronic repertoire. Let's compare that to the original iPhone. When you got your first iPhone, did you see that as a game changer for your lifestyle? I certainly saw the, uh, the original iPhone as 
an important step forward for how I was interacting with smartphones. My experience with smartphones before the iPhone came out was with BlackBerry uh, phones specifically. And I jumped onto the iPhone very early in that device's existence. I, I got the um, iPhone 3G. That was my first iPhone. So I didn't get the very first iPhone, but I got the next one after that. And it, it was a fine device. You know, I was, I was very happy with it. I, I certainly appreciated uh, a lot of the... Uh, interface changes that Apple made to smartphones with, with, with that device, and, and it was an absolute game changer, yeah, for sure. Now, with me, I used to take my MacBook Pro to the bedroom with me to catch up on email. The first time I was exposed to an iPhone, I had a review unit from Apple, and this was the second-generation model. This is where they introduced the App Store. And I took it to bed, and I said, I'll try this. And I kept trying it each night, and then I called Apple, can I extend the editorial loan? And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. They did. And then when I sent it back, I went right to the AT&T store and bought one. And the reason is it became indispensable for me. Now, I'm thinking here, someone like you, you've got medical issues of one sort or another, and having a fitness device that integrates with the Apple ecosystem is probably very good for you. And I think anyone concerned with fitness might find it. What's interesting to say about the Apple Watch, though, is that evidently it owns the market now. I've heard sales estimates, because Apple doesn't tell you, of from 5.2 million to 6 million for the holiday quarter. Contrast that with what happened at Fitbit. Now, Fitbit bought two competitors, including Pebble, one of the smartwatch pioneers. And I guess they killed the products. They are laying off 6% of their workforce because of soft holiday sales. Supposedly, the Samsung Galaxy Gear didn't move very well. So right now, today, I would think that Apple owns the market. You agree with me? I think that Apple definitely has uh, a leg up on the market. I would caution anybody against assuming that Apple owns the market. Uh, because like I said, the, the, the Apple Watch is a self-selecting audience. You know, it's, it's, it's an audience of iPhone users. And iPhone users, as much as we Apple folks like to think that we're in control of everything, iPhone is not the only smartphone out there. A lot of other people uh, use other devices. And for them, the, the Apple Watch is essentially useless. It's a non-starter. So that would be a big issue here. If Apple were to put a cellular radio and some other enhancements, could they make the Apple Watch easily independent of the iPhone? Probably not in many areas because it is so heavily dependent on the Apple ecosystem. Well, to borrow a phrase from uh, Scotty from Star Trek, if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a wagon. Yeah, oh, I if, love I mean, that. If, I love that phrase. Indeed, I, I'm not interested in hypotheticals, and I'm not interested in in uh, in, in prognostication, Gene. The, the fact of the matter is, there isn't an Apple Watch that's available to consumers today with uh, the 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 accoutrement that you're talking about. And until there is, there's nothing really to talk about. Could Apple make the Apple Watch operate independently of the iPhone? Yeah, I don't see it happening, but sure. I would think even if Apple were to add a cellular radio and made the Apple Watch more independent of the iPhone, they would still be dependent on Apple's ecosystem. So I would well, agree Apple's with you there. But the point being here is that even if Apple has what? What is it? A 17, 18% of the global smartphone market? No, the global handset market. Even then, Apple's got an audience, a potential audience of hundreds of millions of people to buy Apple Watches. 
Oh, for sure. And that's why Apple is, has has said that the Apple Watch is a success. And that's why the Apple Watch sells in um, whatever apparent quantities, uh, you know, people who create these numbers out of whole cloth um, are supposing. But as you say, it doesn't own the market. So what does a competitor have to do to get a leg up on this market? Offer a device that that has a compelling use case for people to buy. Uh, that's that's at a price that's reasonable for people to pay. Um, that functions like people expect it to. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that that Fitbit's contraction and 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 layoffs post uh, holiday season are indicative of a failed product. I know a lot of people. I mean, my, you know, my. Uh, one of my doctors has uh, a Fitbit, and he absolutely loves it. Some of the nurses who I've uh, I've uh, I've worked with recently also use them to the exclusion of Apple Watches, you know, because they're not iPhone users, or because they got them as gifts, or because they were less money. There are a lot of good reasons. So I I don't claim to be uh, enough of an expert on uh, Fitbit's underlying business model to understand why those layoffs were necessary or what that means overall. But I don't think that it's uh, indicative of a failed or, or failing market. I think that the wearables market, just like VR, uh, and just like other nascent technologies, you know, are is still trying to find a footing. And I think that there's plenty of room at the table, um, you know, the consumer electronics table for devices like this. Um, and not everybody who owns an iPhone needs an Apple Watch or is going to be interested in Apple Watch. And that's just fine. You know, they, they, they don't have to be. This is um, a device that provides some flavor, you know, some... Uh, some uh, it enhances the overall experience if you're using an iPhone uh, or even a Mac, but it, it's it's not necessary um, to uh, be part of the ecosystem. We got more to come with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to 
help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Calben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. I'm going to answer questions for you. Have you wondered what the best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live is? Well, it's to become a member of Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com plus.technightowl.com for sign-up instructions. We offer a commercial-free version of this show with better quality audio. More coming. It's Tech Night Owl Plus. We have Peter Cohen joining us, and we're talking about Apple Watch, which he says he finds a useful addition, but not certainly indispensable. So let's look at that. Look at the future of the Apple Watch. Apple added GPS, which gives it a leg up on independence over the previous model with the Series 2. So what does Apple add next to make it more and more indispensable, assuming still it has to be an accessory to other Apple gear? Is it the wireless radio? 
Well, you know, the one thing that they've really improved with the latest iteration of the Apple Watches is overall performance. Performance um, on the early Apple Watches getting worse with each uh, iterative watch OS release. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the seams are starting to show. And look, you're an early adopter. You sort of expect these things. Uh, you know, my iPhone 3G didn't last uh, very long either. So um, that being said, I think that, uh, you know, we, we saw Apple moving it into more water resistance because uh, people wanted uh, the ability to swim with their Apple Watches on without having to worry about uh, breaking them. Um, they removed some of the, the, the hard tethering features so you can do more with it. Battery life is still an issue with the Apple Watch. I'd love to see them improve battery life. I'm not really sure how much they can do, though, just with circuit efficiency and efficiency in code though I you know we're, 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 we're hitting some hard limits in smartphones in laptops and in wearables like the Apple watch with how much juice you can actually store in a rechargeable battery that's going to require some breakthroughs um, some technology that Apple does not have direct control over that Apple suppliers do and that you know other people in the industry do. Um, so some of the Apple Watch's evolution is going to be dependent on external factors, I think. Well, certainly battery technology. And I've been reading up on nascent battery technologies. And there are methods that are out there to have batteries that last longer that do not have the safety issues. Now, as our listeners know, I still have the $12.88 Walmart watch that I got two years ago. It'll reach a point where it'll need another battery, which will cost half as much as the new watch. And I will make that decision at that particular point in time. How much would an Apple Watch feature with a cellular radio that lets you originate phone calls on it without being tethered to an iPhone? How would that interest you? I don't know. I, you know, I, I guess it, 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 obviously there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? So there's always going to be trade-offs in terms of usability, in terms of uh, functionality. I don't really find the Apple Watch interface itself, the tiny screen, um, the, the, the touch-sensitive screen to be that great for doing that many things. And obviously watchOS is limited as well. So I, I don't know how I would feel about that. I guess it would really depend on the implementation, but it would, be, it would certainly need to be more than just the sum of, of whatever hardware changes Apple was making. It, a lot of it would depend on the user experience. Well, I still think, as I said before, the battery technology might be something there. And I'm reading about different technologies that may or may not come to pass, but maybe a few more years before you see these things. I'm sure Apple must be investing in new battery technologies or watching what's going on, because that just puts the limit on everything. You know, we had the argument here about the MacBook Pro, about the battery life being the same or less than the previous model. And I'm looking at a 2010 MacBook Pro 27-inch that I still have here and still running. It advertised like eight hours battery life. This was 2010. So Apple hasn't improved things very much, but I don't think anybody else has either. So well, that's still the big limitation. It depends on what you mean by Apple hasn't improved things. Apple's made, you know, the devices thinner. 
um, they've they've improved uh, efficiency in uh, in the silicon that they're using. They've improved efficiency in the code that they've they've generated, um, and you know they, they they try their best with with really advanced power management techniques to get as much out of it as they can. Um, so Apple has definitely made progress, but you're right in the respect that um, battery technology itself uh, has not evolved to the same degree that other kinds of consumer electronics technology have. And obviously, this is something that um, there are entire industries that are that are trying to address. Take uh, Tesla, for example. You know, the, the electric car maker um, has invested billions in, uh, or hundreds of millions anyway, I don't actually know the, the exact number, in uh, creating a, uh, a battery uh, uh, factory for itself. Uh, so there's a lot of big money and there, there's a lot of big investment in in seeing uh, rechargeable storage systems improve uh, in efficiency, improve in size. And there's a lot of really cool cutting edge science happening right now that maybe in five years or so, maybe a little bit longer than that, will yield some really cool changes to the way that consumer electronics are made. The problem is they're just not moving the bar to the same degree that other kinds of technology have moved. And on top of that, consumer expectations for what devices should be able to do increases almost geometrically um, from, from, from period to period. I mean, how many times have you sat there and watched someone else or even seen, it, seen the behavior in yourself where you get frustrated because – uh, your smartphone isn't pulling up information fast enough or uh, isn't giving you the right kind of information, yet you have a computer that's more powerful than any computer on Earth 30 years ago connected to you know, the most vast library of information in human history, and you're getting you know, upset because it's not pulling up a CAD video fast enough. You know, our expectations of how these things should work is maybe not necessarily in line with how they actually work. Well, I think everybody would like to be able to see the battery life be longer. And that's why you see arguments, for example, when Apple reduced the size and weight of the new MacBook Pro. I suppose they could have kept it the same weight and size and just put a larger battery in there. And maybe said, okay, we got 12 hours instead of 10. That's correct. They could have done that, but they chose not to. Um, and they, they chose not to because their design impetus was to make it thinner. And their impression was that's what uh, consumers wanted. And it's it's arguable that, that they're correct. You know, it's... it's uh, um, you, people are certainly buying the new MacBook Pro on Moss. Uh, you know, critics have had some unpleasant things to say about it, uh, but that doesn't mean that people aren't buying them. Well, again, it's priorities, and maybe people are satisfied with the battery life unless they're doing things that reduce the battery life. We've got more to come. We're talking to Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. 
I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Hi, my name's John Kunkel. I'm 63 years of age. I watched several YouTube videos of Stephen Hewers and learned what supplements might help me with energy and weight loss. I've now been on the Andreas Black Cumin Seed Oil, Synergy One, six other products from Synergistic Nutrition for several weeks now. I've lost 10 pounds. My joint pain has been reduced significantly. I have a lot of energy that I've never had before. My cravings for sweets are gone, and I'm rarely hungry. Even my cravings for foods like hamburgers and heavy carbohydrate meals are now gone. This is the only thing that worked for me. I was seriously considering bariatric surgery, but that's out the window now. Thank you so much, Synergistic Nutrition. With Synergistic Nutrition, we help you take the guesswork out of supplementation and help you hit the bullseye of success. I encourage you to get specific about your health needs because when you do, your body will celebrate with energy and well-being. Call Synergistic Nutrition today at 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. you got to love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-361-6907. 800-361-6907. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. Live with Gene Steinberg. 
It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. A little bit later on the show, we're going to be hearing from Derek Kessler of Mobile Nations. As I said earlier, he is going to the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, Spain. Let's get back with Peter Cohen. He's in Massachusetts. I'm in Arizona. Have you ever been to Spain, Peter? I have not. It's like that song, I've Never Been to Spain. Hmm. Yeah, so it's a place that my wife and I have dreamed of, of traveling, but we have not had the opportunity yet. So I also am very jealous of Derek. Well, think of it this way. My son Grayson is trying to finance a trip to get me out to Spain for 10 days. He wants me to buy a passport and he'll take care of the rest. We'll have to see how that works. That'd be fun. In any case, let's get back to what we're talking about here. So the issue also is with notebook computers, maybe it doesn't look like Apple has really enhanced battery life much, except making them lighter and thinner. There was a report up one of these rumors saying that a better battery was being tested for the MacBook Pro, but they couldn't get it all together in time. Have you heard anything like that? I have read the rumors. I don't have any inside knowledge about whether or not that's accurate, but that that is what I have heard as well. And of course, you know, with things like that, we never know if people are making things up. Like there's a story now in a publication called Fast Company saying that there's going to be this 10th anniversary special iPhone that will cost over $1,000. I said, you know, why would Apple do that? And then I looked at the prices of the current lineup. Go with me on this, Peter. Right now, if you buy an iPhone 7 Plus with 256 gigs of storage, it's $969 if you buy it. If you look at the Samsung Galaxy Edge, it's normally $100 more than the regular Samsung Galaxy. So... Assuming a $969 purchase price, a loaded special iPhone for $100 more wouldn't seem so expensive. Am I just trying to rationalize something here? No, I think that that makes sense. You know, we we don't understand contextually what a $1,000 iPhone means. Is this a device that's starting at $1,000? Is this a special edition phone that's only available in a specific configuration for $1,000? Absent of that context, it's impossible to to, to understand what that means. But I completely agree with what you're saying. You could spend close to $1,000 on an iPhone now, so it's not outside the realm of possibility that Apple may have a, a premium device in mind that um, adds features or functionality that you don't find in the other products for some additional fee. How that is going to translate into what people actually pay for them, since so many folks, especially American consumers, are accustomed to being able to pay for their phones uh, through their service providers in some sort of predictable monthly uh, installment process. Somebody might be getting a $1,000 phone, but might be paying for it every month and might not really care that it's $1,000, is my point, because they're paying a lot less than that from month to month. So therefore, if Apple has a brand new flagship iPhone and it's 4 or $5 more a month, big deal. Well, look, what we know for sure, because this just wouldn't make any sense whatsoever, is that Apple is going to have new phones that are going to cost the same or about the same as the new phones that that are available now. You know, Apple has this price threshold for these products. 
and it doesn't remap everything every time it's got a new product. There's an expectation that consumers have that they're going to pay X dollars for a new Apple device. Sometimes Apple does lift the price a little bit, like it did with the MacBook Pro, for example, which we were just talking about. The new MacBook Pros with touch bars do carry a premium compared to the devices that they replace. Apple's concession to price-sensitive consumers was to continue to offer a MacBook Pro that lacks the touch bar feature, but has some of the, you know, some new technology at a lower price to help assist with, you know, folks who don't want to pay a premium for the new technology. What'll probably happen is that eventually that old model will get bumped with a touch bar model. And, you know, we'll see Apple try to move the bar forward a little bit and, you know, get people to continue to hopscotch the the premium products by giving them incentives to buy them. But so don't think that just because a thousand dollar iPhone is rumored that you're going to have to pay $1,000 for your next iPhone. It sounds that way in in a headline. Oh my God, what's it going to cost? But also bear in mind that the price of the 2016 MacBook Pro with Touch Bar is not that dissimilar to the original 2012 MacBook Pro with Retina Display. Apple simply cut the price over time. That's exactly right. Apple, you know, recalibrates based on its own cost of manufacturing, based on uh, what consumers are, are willing to pay and, and what they think that the expectation is. And over time, you know, prices will come down. They'll develop more efficient manufacturing technologies. After they build a few million touch bars, it's better. Now, speaking of the touch bar, which is such an interesting technology, It's not widely advertised, but we've mentioned it, and I know that you know about it, where we have a MacBook Pro with an ARM processor to run the touch bar and a regular Intel processor, and of course the graphics chip on the dual graphics version, the 15-inch version. Then we have, I guess we call it a derivative of watchOS running the touch bar, plus macOS Sierra running the rest of the computer. So is this dual operating system scheme something that's going to spread to other features? I've heard PowerNap may earn something like this. PowerNap is the latest um, candidate for uh, Apple Silicon. So, you know, inside the Mac is an Intel microprocessor that serves as the central processing unit. And that's been the case since 2006 when Apple migrated away from the PowerPC architecture to an Intel architecture. They did this because OS X is fundamentally portable to, to different um, computer platforms. It would, the, the mock kernel upon which OS X was created was designed to be very portable from computer architecture to computer architecture. Avi Tavanian, an ex-Apple VP who developed mock when he was still at Carnegie Mellon, created it in a very egalitarian fashion to do that. So this flexibility has enabled Apple to migrate the the Mac operating system over the years. And it is entirely feasible that Apple can switch away from the Intel architecture to its own silicon. And in fact, that would have a lot of strategic benefits from Apple because Apple would no longer be hamstrung from having to wait for Intel to improve its manufacturing processes. And Apple has, in fact, been unfortunately held back in some cases by Intel because Intel has had unforeseen issues as it's shrunk the die size 
of its chips uh, down into ever increasingly smaller transistor sizes uh, to, to cram more transistors onto a single chip uh, at once to you keep up with the ever increasing complexity of these devices and the ever increasing need uh, for new features like VR, like 4K video, like fast Wi-Fi connections, like Thunderbolt 3. All this stuff comes at a premium. Apple has a very adept group of chip designers who are working on new silicon all the time. And this silicon, it mainly appears in iOS devices, in devices like the iPhone, in devices like the iPad, uh, in devices like the Apple Watch or Apple's new AirPods uh, or some of their new Beats uh, wireless headphones. They possess chips that and, and, and other stuff that Apple has designed, uh, other silicon that Apple has designed. We're seeing over time some of the silicon migrate into the Mac. Could Apple move away from the Intel uh, microprocessor in the Mac? It could, and in all likelihood, and I, I think that uh, Rene Ritchie over at iMore has said this a number of times, that there are, without question, somewhere in Cupertino, test systems that have never seen the light of day, that have never been released, that have exactly this kind of configuration going on. And I defer to Rene Ritchie's expertise on that. He knows a lot more about the inner machinations of One Infinite Loop than I do. Let's break and we'll have more to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Did you know there's a new group of water contaminants with unknown health effects? 
These emerging contaminants lurking in your water may include prescription, over-the-counter drugs, and new types of herbicides and pesticides. ProPure's improved Pro1G2.0 filter meets NSF 401 standards to help reduce these emerging contaminants. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A dot com. Honey, what is that in your CPAP mask? Oh, that's just my mold collection. Oh, gross. And what is that? What, that bacteria colony right there? Yeah, cool, huh? Okay, CPAP users, admit it. You're not always as careful about cleaning your system as you should be. Unfortunately, a dirty mask and hose can make you sick. Respiratory infections, allergy attacks, and more. But now there's an easy way to protect yourself. SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of CPAP germs in minutes. For a limited time, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-944-1065. SoClean is hands-free. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP comes out clean and fresh in minutes. Don't let germs wreak havoc on your health. Call in the next 10 minutes for your risk-free trial. 1-800-944-1065. That's 1-800-944-1065. Now's the time to refresh your home and save at Lumber Liquidator's Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale. Our stores are packed with the latest spring trends like modern waterproof wood look flooring. It's up to 34% off or choose from more than 200 styles of pre-finished hardwood from $149. Get deals on over 55 varieties of bamboo from $159. More from $0.59 and special financing. Hurry, the Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale is going on now. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you today. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we know that Apple has things going on it's test labs we know nothing about. I remember when Steve Jobs announced at the WWDC in 2005 that Apple was switching to Intel. They had the satellite picture of the place where they were developing the OS X version for Intel. So we kind of spilled the beans there. It's obvious they're doing things. They're obviously Macs running all ARM right now in the test labs or different elements of the hardware are being run on ARM. That's all going on simultaneously. We all know that. The question is, how much of that gets to production? How far does Apple go before it considers a full processor switch or do they? That, and you see, one of my big concerns and one of the things that that, um, I don't really have a clear answer for at this point is, in many cases, um, you know, with 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 the Mac specifically, a lot, of, especially a lot of enterprise customers, a lot of people in business, um, and even a lot of students and, and scientific researchers and engineers, uh, you know, other folks who use the Mac just in their day to day work or or, or um, personal lives, depend on a, a key feature of the Mac is its ability to run other operating systems. 
Um, Apple, in fact, you know, makes the software available called Boot Camp, which enables you to reboot your computer uh, into a Windows partition. And when it's operating in Windows, your Mac is essentially a Windows PC. In fact, uh, a number of years ago, I remember PC Magazine actually voted the MacBook Pro the best computer to run Windows on at the time uh, because of its feature set, because of its speed, because of its overall design. Having said that, switching away from the Intel architecture would make this very, very difficult. And it would return us to the bad old days of programs like Virtual PC, where we might have some kind of virtualization system running, but rather than running through a translation layer that actually communicates with the underlying hardware, the Intel hardware, which is the same on a Mac or a PC, um, this would be different. This would be emulating that in software. And as Old school Mac users, people who were using Macs back in the PowerPC days and maybe experimented with virtual PC or other programs like it, know this is not a fast way to do it. This is not a, um, a, a, a reliable way to do it, and it's not a really great way to do it. So I think that's why we're seeing Apple sort of iterate in steps away from the Intel architecture in ways that make sense, but still leave that core CPU design uh, in place because so many customers have grown dependent um, on those hardware features that would be gone if if we went with, with pure Apple Silicon. This is one of the problems I always have with people who say ARM on Macs. It's the virtualization, it's boot camp, things like that. Now, I don't think it'd be a problem for developers to migrate to a different processor system because Apple... Xcode already builds software for ARM and Intel. I don't think that's the issue. I don't think having like a Rosetta-type layer to translate it is the issue. It's the virtualization, the fact that a lot of people run Macs as dual operating system machines. But Apple can certainly put a lot of functionality onto ARM to increase battery life, to take the load off the processor also may allow for higher levels of performance. It certainly allows for differentiation. Because right now, look at the touch bar. How does a Wintel, I guess we still have Wintel, how does a Windows notebook emulate that feature? Well, it doesn't. I, You know, the touch bar itself, I mean, that that is based on... Um, uh, uh, technology that that's or, or based on an API that Apple has exposed uh, to Mac developers. So, you know, if you're an, a, a, a Mac developer, you're working with the latest version of Xcode, you can actually uh, very easily uh, code in support for touch bar applications or touch bar functionality in your app uh, if, if you pay attention and, and, and know what you're doing. Certainly, a lot of companies have already jumped on board, and Apple's offered a lot of demonstrations of the technology in its own apps as well. Uh, having said that, a third-party developer, uh, Dan Jalkett over at Red Sweater Software, maker of Mars Edit, which is a, um, a, 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 a blog editing program that I use, has developed uh, a really cool version of the Touch Bar software that runs in software. So if you don't have a MacBook Pro, um, you can still pop up on your screen the Touch Bar and see how the Touch Bar contextually changes depending on what application you're using, uh, 
you, you see the functionality there, and you know you're you're just clicking on the screen uh, instead of tapping the touch bar. Obviously, Touch ID doesn't work because you can't touch your screen and and do anything with it. But uh, you know, so most of the other functionality is there. So there are ways of emulating that functionality in software, uh, but the full experience would would not be something that you could do on, let's say, a an ASUS laptop or a uh, an HP laptop. The Touch Bar is a differentiator, a differentiator that Apple has created for the MacBook Pro alone. And this is something where the Windows notebooks are going to have an awful time figuring out a way to do that. Not that they can't do touch screens. They can. I suppose oh, there's yeah, a I way... Mean, the, you know, the touch screens are central to uh, the Windows 10 experience. You know, there and there are a multitude of... Uh, Convertible devices, two-in-one devices, uh, or full-on laptops that 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 support touch input, and certainly uh, Intel and Windows developers are not sitting on their hands when it comes to uh, creating features and functionality that are similar to what Apple's done. Uh, but that that happens externally from Apple. That's not the same as as getting a Touch Bar. Uh, a la the MacBook Pro working on an Intel laptop. Well, I kind of think there might be things that Microsoft could do to enable things like that to happen. But we have to see the point here is that Apple differentiates itself by this two-processor advantage. The question would be, how much is it worth it? How much can they move over to ARM without taking away the fundamental needs that require the Intel processor? Well, for a very long time, I think that the, um, the, one of the biggest hangups was performance. You know, it, it, Apple was iterating performance dramatically on mobile devices um, throughout the, uh, the, the A-series chip development, you know, so, and finally, as it's developed silicon to power the iPad Pro, um, and the iPhone 7 and iPhone 7 Plus, it has developed tech that works at a speed and at a capability that approaches that of a laptop computer or a desktop computer. Once that silicon is outpacing uh, what you can do with an Intel setup, then you know, a Apple is, is going to have some decisions to make. Freeing itself from the shackles of dependency on Intel is one thing, but what kind of carrot am I as the consumer going to have um, to, 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 to make that switch or to keep buying Macs once that ARM uh, architecture has switched over entirely? That's another question. What we can surmise based on what we're hearing is that Apple's incorporation of ARM technology into the Mac is an iterative process that's going to unfold over the next few years, as opposed to a sudden architecture change. It's going to ho hoist on everybody and developers and say, okay, well, starting today, you're going to have to do this. I don't, I think that Apple is probably going to broadcast its intentions a little more gently than, let's say, it did with the Intel to or with the PowerPC to Intel switch, which really caught a lot of developers by surprise. To your point earlier, Gene, 
you're absolutely right about developers making the switch uh, or being able to make the switch. Apple has handled this particular kind of transition a number of times. The Mac started out with a Motorola 68000 series processor, and then it switched to PowerPC. It had to develop a process for doing that. It was very uh, rocky, that particular transition. Apple smoothed it out for the PowerPC to Intel transition. So it's done this a few times before. It knows what's involved. It knows what it has to do for developers uh, to make them comfortable with that process as well. More to come on the potential for Apple producing a Mac with just an ARM processor and more. With Peter Cohen, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP hardened generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP hardened solar generator energy insurance. For your family or business, call Portable Solar LLC today. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, you were looking at this facing the issues of developers involved in another processor transition. Then I want to raise something with, with that. Peter Cohen. So, as I was saying in our last segment, developers or Apple has managed this process 
uh, a few times. So it understands what's involved when it makes a major architecture change and how it has to support developers. And as I said at the outset, Mac OS is not unique in this respect, but it is uh, fundamental to Mac to the underlying technology that powers Mac OS. Uh, platform portability is sort of a key uh, feature. That's why we were able to see, for example, Mac OS iterate back into iOS when Apple started releasing iPhones and iPads. The core technology that powers both iOS and macOS are the same. That's why we see so many features and functionality every year migrate between the two platforms. You know, this is, this is very central to, to Apple's uh, philosophy and design for this technology. The developers who are going to be left out in the cold on this, besides developers, let's say like you know, Citrix, for example, who, you know, the virtualization or uh, uh, parallels or uh, 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 other technology like that, that is de entirely dependent on virtualization. Those people would obviously be left out in the cold with a complete switch to ARM. The other folks that, that might suffer would be developers who, well, for lack of a better term, write code very close to the metal. Developers who are looking to extract as much performance out of the Mac computer architecture as possible. So maybe they don't necessarily leave all the layers the uh, between the operating system and their applications that they could. Developers who are trying to take advantage of very specific hardware features on the Mac, game developers to a certain extent, uh, developers who make uh, engineering software that's that's very, very um, hardware dependent, might suffer a little bit here as well. But if you've abstracted properly and if you're following Apple's rules on things, hopefully there wouldn't be too much of an issue. Maybe Apple can do some tricks with virtualization, such as using Metal to funnel all those Intel emulation code commands into multi-core graphics processors. Do tricks yeah, like I that mean, to reduce the performance hit. You know, and, and Metal is not ready for prime time for many game developers. You know, it's a cool technology. And, and look, if you're, uh, if you're designing from the, the ground up uh, to get it done, that's terrific. But I've talked to a number of AAA game developers who port games to the Macintosh or um, uh, have the Mac as, as a target platform that tell me that, that the, the features and functionality that they need to get their products working at, at a uh, performance level that their customers are expecting is just not possible with Metal right now. So you, you can't just say, oh, well, you know, we'll push it all off to Metal and, and let, let that take care of it. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way as much as Apple would like it to. Well, again, we're not talking about now. We're talking about the future. Yeah, but Metal's technology that's been around for two or three years already. So uh, where's the beef, Apple? Apple's dependency on OpenGL has hamstrung its ability to, to make a, an operating system that can compete with Windows when it comes to um, gaming or 3D graphics performance. It's stuff like that that's the reason why Oculus has walked away from supporting the Mac platform at this point. They're just they're basically saying, look, Apple is not building hardware and does not have software that runs fast enough for us to support you with this technology. So we're not even going to bother to try. You know, it, and it's it's a niche market. It's not something that Apple is particularly interested in competing in, obviously. You know, otherwise they would do something about it. But th there are very practical limitations to the way that Apple has designed this stuff to work. And that will just increase if Apple switches its core architecture on the Mac from Intel to ARM. That won't decrease. So as a practical matter, maybe some functions will move off to ARM 
but the core processor is going to remain Intel. And certainly, I assume that Intel really wants Apple's business because Apple's buying mostly high-end chips. It's not like a Dell, where maybe most of the chips they're selling to Dell are the cheap stuff. Yeah, you know, there's a case to be made there, too. You know, Apple has, uh, on occasion... Uh, been able to extract some concessions out of Intel in terms of, uh, uh, you know, getting a, a, an early run on its premium uh, processors. But Apple's juice has limits. You know, I remember when um, uh, the, the new MacBook Pro came out, some critics uh, were complaining about the fact that uh, Apple or that Apple wasn't using the very latest uh, iteration of, of Intel's core processor architecture. It that was because Intel wasn't shipping anybody those chips, not just Apple. Uh, those chips didn't come out until uh, uh, fairly recently, which is why we saw some uh, Windows-based laptop. Well, we don't know what's going to happen here with Apple's future plans. It's interesting to look and speculate where it goes. But let's look at the other product that's not really been getting a lot of attention and sales keep dropping and that's the iPad. At one point, the iPad was the future of personal computing. Came out in 2010, sales grew every year. In 2014, they hit the plateau. Now, I've mentioned this in my blog, technightowl.com. There was an article in Macworld Online from Jason Snell, a former Macworld editor, speculating that In 2025, the mainstream computer will be an iPad. But I think Apple needs to do a lot of things with the iPad to make it more indispensable for people. What do you think is wrong with the iPad? Why are fewer people buying it? I think that people's use case for the iPad is very different than for an iPhone or for a MacBook. Um, I think that... uh, uh, at least anecdotally, you know, my my experience talking to people who use them and using them myself is that iPads, people buy an iPad um, in, in some cases as a curiosity. In other cases, uh, people buy iPads as a full-on replacement for a computer uh, because they're looking for something that works like an iPhone but has a bigger screen. And what they're finding is that they can get, um, you know, they may they may in fact – uh, buy a new iPhone every year or every two years, you know, when their contract is up or, or when they can afford to do it or whatever. Um, people may buy a new computer every three or four years as they need to. You know, maybe the, the old MacBook breaks or maybe it just gets too slow or they start getting a spinning beach ball or, you know, whatever. Whatever the reason is for doing it, the, a lot of times uh, people decide to get a new computer as well. iPads are a bit of a different story. You're not using your iPad all the time, maybe. Um, if it's a secondary device, then you're less incented to to stay up to date with it. Um, I also don't think that Apple has given compelling reasons for people to upgrade. I mean, the iPad Pro notwithstanding, thinner, lighter, ever more powerful iPads notwithstanding, the iPad user experience hasn't fundamentally changed for many of us um, for, for a very long time. The problem I personally have with the iPad is that I can't make it work for my workflow. You know, sometimes you need a screwdriver and sometimes you need a saw and they don't do the same things. They're different tools for different purposes. I personally find it much more comfortable um, to, let's say, uh, uh, copy and paste text on a Mac 
compared to doing it on an iPad. I find touching the screen all the time, lifting my, even if I've got an external keyboard connected to my iPad, uh, you know, lifting my, my finger from the, the, the keyboard to touch the screen to activate uh, user interface elements to be awkward, you know, breaking that plane from horizontal to vertical isn't great. You know, getting fingerprint grease on the screen isn't a great user experience. So I, I think that there are a lot of reasons why people buy iPads and then don't replace them. Uh, as a mobile device, very few people, I think, if anyone, buys an iPad through their carrier, um, you know, at, at, a, at a way that they can pay it back on a monthly basis. We'll be talking more about the iPad and the possibilities of the iPad as a productivity device in a few moments. Right now, I want to remind you once again, the best way to support the Tech Night Out Live is to become a member of Tech Night Out Plus. And the way to do it is go to plus, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. That's plus dot technightowl.com. Prices start at a mere $1.49 a week cheap. With Peter Cohen, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
All right, guys, we're ready for our four season sunroom, and Daddy's gonna get a rec room with refreshments. Oh no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for four seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Now, my wife has an iPad Air 2. She got us a present. We got the one without the cellular radio. And it works fine. She uses it as her one and only personal computer. She writes email on it. She goes online. She does normal things, watches videos. There probably is going to be a new model this year, but there's no compelling reason for her to switch. It works just fine the way it is. I cannot use it for my workflow. And I sympathize with what Peter Cohen says. So, for example, yes, I could edit audio on there, but there's no way to record the show on there because the apps are not available and Apple wouldn't allow those apps to be available on iOS and I'm available from the Mac App Store, like Audio Hijack from Rogue Amoeba. It's capturing audio right now from an outboard mixer and from Skype, where Peter is connected when Skype works, which is another story. I can't do that on iPad. Even if I could, we have split view multitasking on the iPad. So if I want to work in other apps, I want to check online for some research or go into a word processing app and run back and forth my email. The normal stuff of multitasking on a Mac running back between five, ten different screens. You can't do that on an iPad. It has to be made more Mac-like. And once you do that, do you need the iPad at all? Because you have your Mac. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people say, well, eventually the iPad will replace the Mac altogether. Well, uh, right now, the only way that you have to create an application that runs on the iPad is to use a Mac with Xcode. Um, so as long as that dependency exists, I think that Apple will continue making Macs. I don't think that there's any danger of them discontinuing the Mac. The bottom line is, 
as I said before, different tools for different uses. The iPad is great if you can make it work for you. Many of us can't, and that's why we continue to use Macs. The question here is, can Apple make changes to iOS, to the way the hardware works, to address at least some of those limitations? Because right now, to me, the iPad is just a big iPhone. It's just a big display. Apple is doing little or nothing to develop iOS to exploit the features other than the split view multitasking. That's correct. Uh, you know, Apple makes little changes here and there to differentiate uh, iOS on the iPad from iOS on the iPhone. But I think fundamentally, uh, they want to keep that user experience as close to being in lockstep as they can for a lot of reasons. Uh, a lot of reasons related not only to Apple's core user experience, but uh, developer support. You know, they, they don't want to, to stratify that experience unnecessarily. And I mean, some developers Developers always have the option as to whether or not they want their stuff to run on the iPhone or the iPad or run universally. Um, and they will make their own user uh, interface adjustments accordingly. Uh, but the, the, the iPad is still fundamentally a mobile device experience with all the requisite shortcomings and, and uh, user interface idiosyncrasies that you might find compared to a desktop slash laptop experience, which is what the Mac is. So, of course, Apple, I guess, has to really still rethink what things we can use an iPad for. Otherwise, it remains this ephemeral intermediate device that probably will settle on a certain number of sales this year and future going forward, but not really grow a lot. Now, just remember, though, they sell more than twice as many iPads as Macs in a quarter, even at the low ebb of iPad sales, although the prices obviously are a lot cheaper. So it's not that the iPad suddenly must go away. No, absolutely not. There should be no concern about Apple discontinuing the iPad. It's still an enormously profitable uh, product line for them. Absolutely. It's just that it appears that its uh, ascendancy has ebbed. You said it. You said it. So we're going to see what happens here and whether the iPad will get to that next level. Do you agree with Jason it's going to be the mainstream computer in 2025? I don't know. I mean, 2025 is so far off. It's it's impossible to say what's going to happen between now and then in terms of uh, operating system development, in terms of silicon, in terms of uh, whatever. That's just, you know, that's wagging on his part. Wild bleep guessing. Um, but uh, I... I, I for for my part, I hope not. For my part, I hope that the, the mainstream computer is still recognizable as a computer uh, in 2025, as opposed to um, uh, something that looks more like an iPad. But we'll see. Yeah, we certainly will. I could see businesses using iPads for a lot of special needs. Businesses already use iPads for a lot of special needs. The the um, there are tons of verticals where iPads make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, medical, inventory management, uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, so yeah, I I think the businesses will continue to find new uses for iPads, and Apple will continue to find new ways to make iPads attractive to businesses uh, as well. But uh, uh, a, a lot of it, I think, boils down to. Um, what is the best tool for the task? And in many cases, the, the best tool for the task still has a keyboard and a trackpad. I agree with you. I also do not understand at all 
the use case for this two-in-one notebook computer where you've got the keyboard and you reach up to touch the screen. I guess people think they like that. Some people certainly do. Um, My attitude is sort of like the old uh, Simpsons routine about nuts and gum together at last. You know, it just it's it's an awkward user interface experience for me. Um, And also it's Windows, so it kind of sucks. Well, I know I've tried it a couple of ways. I've even tried just taking an iPad and Apple sent me a 12.9 inch iPad Pro when it first came out to evaluate with the smart keyboard, I took that and I set it up and it was like a clumsy notebook where I had no input device for like a trackpad or anything. I had a keyboard, very poor touch on that keyboard, by the way. I do not like that smart keyboard. It's not very smart for me. Very Mm. mushy. And then anytime I wanted to do anything that involves moving something, a cursor movement, normal stuff I can do with a a mouse or a trackpad and reach up to the screen. It was so awkward. It was so clumsy. I was not productive. And I wonder how people make that thing work. Yeah, well, you got me, man. Yeah, I just don't understand. But, you know, I guess the Intel people want to be different. The Windows people want to be different. And that's the way to differentiate. Okay? I don't know. Hey, Peter Cohen. Please tell our listeners where we can find more of the things you do. You can find me on my own site at peter-cohen, C-O-H-E-N.com. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. And my day job, I uh, manage the blog for backblaze.com. Backblaze.com. It's an online backup service, by the way. That is, yes. So you want to check that out. Peter Cohen, it's been fun as usual. Thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. Thank you very much for having me. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Now's the time to refresh your home and save at Lumber Liquidator's Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale. Our stores are packed with the latest spring trends like modern waterproof wood look flooring. It's up to 34% off or choose from more than 200 styles of pre-finished hardwood from $149. Get deals on over 55 varieties of bamboo from $159. More from $0.59 cents and special financing. Hurry, the Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale is going on now. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you today. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if there were no contracts, no activation fees, no tracking, tracing, or draconian gimmicks, all on America's largest 4G LTE networks? Introducing PixWireless.com. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, and unlock GSM phones instantly. Bring your own device and make the switch today. Here's how. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PixWireless.com, spelled P-I-X, PixWireless.com. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We welcome back to the Tech Night Owl live Derek Kessler. He's from Mobile Nations. And we're going to talk to him among other things, the forthcoming Mobile World Congress, which will be happening this coming week as we do the show. And that means he's going to be a lucky stiff. And what that is, he is going to go to Barcelona, Spain to be there. And what it's part of the country gig. are you traveling from? Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, that's a fun trip. Yeah, it's not, not, a, not a bad trip at all. Hopping mm-hmm. over to uh, New York and then 
the nightmare Paris airport. So it's a three plane deal. Yeah. Oh, my son does that when he travels from Madrid. That's where he lives. And he does three planes. He says you can do two planes, but the cost is more. He's traveling to Phoenix, though. And that is a murderous trip. And he wants to fly yeah. me out there on his dime. But I'm really thinking about this. Have you been to Madrid before? No, I have not. Oh, it's, it's a great city. You should go. Well, I'll take your recommendation. I'll tell Grayson that Derek said I need to go. There you go. All right. All right. So the Mobile World Congress, is it strictly for industry professionals or is the public allowed there? Uh, it is purely for industry, press, analysts, buyers. Uh, it's another one of those shows that I really wish it was open to the public. Uh, like CES, I wish that that was open to the public. They do that with IFA in Berlin in the fall. That one's actually open to the public. Although there's part of me that doesn't like that as press because then it's just bananas. There's so many people that come. Uh, but no, alas, MSBC is not open to the public. Now, of all the places in the world to have one of these things, why do they pick Barcelona? Other than going bullfighting in the evening. Barcelona has a, a very nice, very large uh, convention space, and they've actually signed a, a long-term contract with the MWC organization. They call Barcelona the mobile world capital. Uh, and they, they go all out there, signage all over the city. When you pick up your badge, they've taken over whole portions of the airport uh, at Barcelona so that people can check in. Uh, and they even give you like a city-issued um, metro pass that'll get you everywhere you need to go in Barcelona. Uh, so the, the city itself has invested a lot into it, uh, whereas, say, with CES, it's just another giant convention in Las Vegas. So Las Vegas, it's par for the course. Barcelona, it's the biggest thing. It is a really big deal in Barcelona, yeah. Okay, let's look at what we might expect. Now, we can get into what might come from the smartphone space, but I'm looking at the smartwatch situation sure. right now. And we know, that, of course, the 10,000-pound gorilla isn't going to be there, the Apple Watch. Right. Right. But the report I read was kind of disheartening about Fitbit. So Fitbit buys Pebble. And they bought another company. I forget the name. And then believe- they're reporting soft sales for the December quarter, and they have to lay off 6% of their workforce. What's going on there? Uh, well, they just the other company that they bought was Vector. It was a, another smaller Pebble-type smartwatch company. I think that they might be sort of retooling because they've seen a bit of a hit from things like the Apple Watch and, to a lesser extent, the Samsung Gear watches and the other Android Wear watches. If I'm going to wear a thing on my wrist, I only want to wear one thing on my wrist. I don't need to have a whole bunch of bangles between a bracelet and a watch and a fitness tracker and a notification thing. I don't need all that stuff on my wrist at once. Uh, So people are preferring to do just one device. And if you're going to go for a smartwatch, that means you don't need a Fitbit anymore. As for the layoffs, it may just come from the fact that they've now... Yeah, between buying Vector and Pebble, there's a lot of redundancy, at least in various parts. Fitbit isn't a very big company to start with. Uh, they produce a lot of, or they, they produce a lot of product for people, but you know their their product line itself is actually fairly narrow and not incredibly diversified. Which at least the addition of the engineering talent and the software assets from Vector and Pebble will eventually bring about, but I think it's probably going to be 
six months to a year before we see any fruits of that acquisition. So it's kind of like acquisitions in general, where you buy a company or two, and then you cut back in employees for a while. But that's an interesting thing here, too. Why did they buy these two companies to kind of eliminate some of the competition or strictly for technology or both? Pebble was strictly for technology. Uh, If Fitbit hadn't bought them, they would have either been bought by somebody else or collapsed in a matter of months. Uh, They had very much missed the ball when it came to where smartwatches were going. If I remember correctly, I think it was just like two years ago, right before the app, or right before, right when the Apple Watch was launching, uh, they had gotten a offer of acquisition from Fossil for like forty million dollars, and then they were sold to Fitbit for just a couple million because they had just they completely missed the ball. I'm sure Fossil is wiping the sweat off their brow on that one. They dodged a bullet there, but sorry, I don't think that uh, Pebble would have lasted very long on its own at all. Not enough funding or not enough sales or both? Um, Not enough sales. They had done all their funding. I know that they had done some uh, venture funding, but for the most part, a lot of their startup capital funding had come from Kickstarter. They had done that. Every product they had launched had gone through Kickstarter. And while that provides that initial seed to get the ball rolling, it's hard to sustain a company on that. Right. You can't extend the business. Now, what is it? Is that the company was too small to really succeed in a market like this? Or, well, obviously the ideas had to be worth something because Fitbit bought those ideas. So what do you think? I want to say that their ambition was too small. And we've seen plenty of small companies do really amazing things. Um, but their their vision, at least the, the vision of, from the top uh, within Pebble was of low power, low capability smartwatches. When we're seeing, you know, the Apple watch and Android wear watches and Samsung's gear watches coming out and they're literal computers on your wrist. Uh, And we've seen that happen a lot across all, all spectrums where there's that basic product. And then somebody comes along with something that does a lot more and everybody's like, you know what? Sure, the basic one is a hundred bucks, but this one is a hundred and fifty or two hundred, and it does so much more. And it's the one that everybody's talking about, and I want that instead. So they didn't raise their vision high enough. They were too no, modest in what so. they were trying to do. Other than have good battery life. Yeah, I mean, they had great battery life, always on display with the uh, especially the color e ink in the uh, Pebble Time series was really nice. Um, but when you put it on your wrist right next to an Apple watch or an Android wear watch or any other actual modern smartwatch, it felt dated and hobbled. So at this point, does Fitbit want to jump into the Apple watch space full bore or focus more on just the fitness thing? Uh, I think that they're probably going to go full bore into smartwatches. Uh, they'll still have their fitness bands because people like those, and I can definitely see the appeal in them. Um, but I think that they are definitely going to go full into smartwatches. We've seen that with the Fitbit Blaze, their first smartwatch, uh, and it's very it's a very limited smartwatch. It's essentially a glorified Fitbit, uh, but it's far more functional. 
as far as interactivity and the notifications and whatnot that you can get than your standard Fitbit. And I think that was them dipping their toes into the water. And they actually got a pretty decent positive response on that and said, okay, we can either hire a bunch of people and develop all of the software and make all this stuff happen, or we can just go and, hey, look, Pebble is like putting out feelers saying that they're for sale. How much are you guys asking? Oh, yeah, we can we can afford that. Uh-huh. And so it was that sort of aqua hire of bringing on the talent, engineering talent and uh, software assets that will help accelerate their smartwatch development within Fitbit. Derek Kessler of Mobile Nation, we're talking about the mobile products such as smartwatches where they're going on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hello, Belly Flattening Helpline. Hi, is this the number for the free trial of that Belly Flattening Breakthrough Soma Biotics? It is. We're giving away free trials to anyone, male or female, who's over 18 and wants to flatten their belly fast. I heard that Soma Biotics is so effective, it can actually cleanse 
pounds of sludge from your belly. Is that true? Sure is. Soma Biotics is scientifically formulated with natural ingredients to flatten bloated bellies fast by cleansing pounds of rotting food and toxic sludge from your body. It even combats periodic heartburn and acid reflux, so you'll look and feel great. If your belly flattening results are too dramatic, simply reduce use to every other day. Wow, I'm glad I called. If you're over 18 and want to flatten your belly fast, call now for a free trial of Soma Biotics. 1-800-957-5396. But hurry, call now for details while they're still giving these trials away for free. 1-800-957-5396. If lines are busy, try again. That's 1-800-957-5396. Hi, I am Kelly Cook, the Chief Marketing Officer here at Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? Guess what? You can help. Join me and Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. So start your team today at marchforbabies.org. never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So on the Tech Night Isle live, we have Derek Kessler kind of anticipating what might happen at the Mobile World Congress. And we're looking at the failure of Pebble, maybe not reaching high enough, what Fitbit might be doing. But right now, if I look at sales, it looks like the Apple Watch really owns it. But it's really early in the game. What do other companies need to do to kind of move Apple out of the way? Uh, they need to follow that same sort of model that they followed with the rise of Android versus the iPhone. You know, the iPhone has always for several years has been like the number one selling single device, but iPhone versus Android, Android just dominates through sheer availability. You, there's an Android phone for every size and every price point and every capability that you want. There is an Android phone out there that will do it. Whereas there's just that one iPhone. And it's the same way that's going to be with smartwatches. I'd say the Apple watch may end up being the single best selling smartwatch but in the end i think probably that android wear watches especially with the new android android wear 2.0 software that just came out are probably going to give it a very much a run for its money and in the long term be the larger portion of the market even if no single watch sells more than the apple watch on the other hand with smartphones apple makes all the profits other than what samsung makes nobody else is they do their profits that's obviously a big issue right there yes but with smartwatches, uh, we don't know at this point because it's so early in the game what other companies right. are going to come out with. Now, to be perfectly fair with Apple, they technically have two models that are going, other than this year's and last year's. There's the iPhone SE, which is a smaller screen. And right. very, very slightly reduced feature set and a, a much lower price. I don't know that Apple wants to go into any other area, but that's the way they always do it. They stick in a high-profit area and let everybody else duke it out for the low end. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years that's exactly where we are with the smartwatch market. Uh, right now, 
every smartwatch is about that same sort of price range of 250 to 400 uh, there are a couple of outliers like the pebbles were cheaper and the tag Heuer watch was a lot more expensive uh, even though it didn't do anything more but look fancy um, but over time as the technology that goes inside of these is able to evolve and we can make batteries smaller and cheaper and make processors that are good enough cheaper i think the price point will come down but at the same time that's going to cut into profits because as soon as prices start dropping on that stuff people expect it to be cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and i'm not sure how much profit you can probably make out of a hundred dollar smartwatch and the question is in the long term unless you've got a lot of stuff going for you you can't sustain the business that way right exactly we're seeing that a lot with uh, a lot of smaller smartphone makers uh, that it's very hard for them to sustain themselves long term uh, unless they're one of those they're not actually a smartphone maker where they're just taking white label phones and putting their software and their brand on it and selling that uh, every other company that's working has something other than phones to support it there's a whole lot more of Samsung outside of Samsung mobile and there's a lot of LG outside of LG Mobile that actually makes up for all the losses that they have on the mobile side. And other companies like Nokia, they didn't have anything else and they couldn't they couldn't make it last. So Fitbit, obviously they're variations on a theme. A smartwatch is in part a fitness device, a fitness tracker, and you've got a dedicated fitness device. But what does Fitbit do to diversify? Just go upscale or what? Uh, I would say so. I, branching out into more be, beyond just that fitness tracker niche. And that's actually something that Pebble was trying to do. And we never got to see it come to fruition. They had a little device they called the Pebble Core. And that was just this tiny little cube thing that was like a music player and a fitness tracker that you could like clip onto something or throw in your pocket. Uh, and But that never came to production and release before they got bought up by Fitbit and shut everything down and returned those funds to Kickstarters. And I think that smartwatch play that they're doing with Fitbit is part of that. They're trying to diversify beyond fitness trackers because we saw that it peaked and it's been trending down a bit. So they've got a bit of money that they're sitting on that they can invest into sustaining the company long-term. Well, Apple with the Apple Watch tried to make it at the beginning different things like a piece of jewelry with a $10,000 version that's gone by the wayside. They realize that isn't where they're going with this. Plus I gather from talking to people who have Apple watches, cause I don't have one and it's not on my radar. Is that the most popular use other than simple notifications is fitness. And the more that uh, Apple bores into that, the better this device can be. Obviously its limitation is it is, an accessory to Apple gear. It can't stand by itself beyond the Apple ecosystem. Right. For now, at least. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two, we've got a a cellular-equipped Apple Watch that can be its own device. Uh, We're seeing that now with the Android Wear watches. There was, I believe, in previous generation, there was one watch that had LTE, and the just-announced LG Watch Sport has LTE built in. And you don't have to have a phone connected to it to use it at all. It can just be its own thing. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Apple Watch and other smartwatches start trending that way because I can't wait to pay for another data connection. Um, Boy, but, that's so exciting. And I know that the, I know. 
the wireless carriers are just aching for your business. You're, you know, on your front door right now, open the door, you'll see they're there. Yeah, so much so. Verizon's actually making their own LTE-equipped Android Wear smartwatch like they do with the Ellipsis tablets so that they can sell it directly to you and get all the profits for themselves. You see, I wasn't wrong when I said that, was I? You were not. They're aching for your business, really doing it. Okay, other than the wireless radio, which I assume Apple's going to have in the next year or two, what mm-hmm. else can they add to these things other than, I guess, more sensors? Yeah, it's going to be more biometric sensors building in. They've already got NFC is built into the Apple Watch, and it's built into the bigger of the LG watches, but it's not in the new LG Watch style, which is a smaller one. That one doesn't have LTE, and it's not hilariously thick on your wrist. But beyond that, I honestly don't know. What I, I think it's going to be the same thing that we're seeing with smartphones now where they're just changing perhaps some interaction paradigms uh, with adding in things like a, a pressure-sensitive screen, um, and, but also just continually refining this design so it's thinner and faster and lasts longer on a charge. Uh, because the big thing that gets me about smartwatches right now is just how thick some of them are. Yeah, I'll go for that. Even the Apple Watch, when I've seen it and played with it, seems rather thick. It is. Uh, and that, that comes down to the amount of stuff that they decided they wanted to cram in there. Uh, but also kind of down to the aesthetic design, because it is kind of a smaller and more compact footprint that makes it look taller. Uh, and the, the rounding of the edges sort of gives it that bulbous toy-like look. My personal smartwatch that I wear sometimes, I actually, I don't think I've worn it in probably a week now, uh, is the Moto 360. And I'm hoping that we're going to see a new version of that from Lenovo and Motorola at MWC, but it, you know, it's a nice round face and they put a lot of work into how they styled it on the casing to make it not look nearly as thick as it actually is. This is an important point here too. It's not indispensable. It's not something you beg having every day. Right. I have there. I, 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 it took me a little while to get used to the fact that it wasn't on my wrist just like that weight of it. Uh, and there have been some times that I put on you know, just an analog watch so that I still had that there and could look down and check the time. But by and large, most of the time it was a notification that I should check the phone in my pocket because I've stopped noticing that it was buzzing. Well, I know I've talked to other people with Apple Watch and a couple have said to me they try to live without it for a week or two. I won't take it with me. Let's see what happens. And what happened is they were okay with it, not being on their wrist. So I think that's the argument. I guess also with any smartwatch at this point, other than people who really need something for fitness, I mean, more than just, I like to exercise. A smartwatch, Apple Watch, Galaxy Gear, they're not indispensable yet. No, and they're honestly not the best fitness trackers out there either. If you want a real good fitness tracker, you get something like a Garmin. Those are purpose-designed for fitness. The Apple Watch is probably the best smart watch. If you want to get a smart watch and just have the one device and do fitness tracking, it's probably the best for that. But even the way that they've structured the software around it, it's very limited in what like somebody who's really into fitness can get out of it. We've got Derek Kessler. More to come. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl Live.
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place, and the best part, it's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. SolArc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Derek Kessler, moving us to Barcelona, Spain. Do we expect to see some really interesting developments that have been previewed to you for smartwatches? Not necessarily. When we saw just the other day, they announced the LG Watch Sport and the Watch Style. And those are the first Android Wear 2.0 watches. I'm hoping that we'll see more from other companies like Lenovo and perhaps Samsung. Uh, But everybody's been very quiet on their smartwatches because despite all the fuss that's been made out of them over the past couple of years, we've talked about this. Customers just aren't that enthralled with them. Uh, they'll, they'll buy them, uh, but it's not a must-have type of thing. Uh, they're much more excited about their smartphones that they're bringing to MWC. Now, when we look at what might come in smartphones, we have to look at the rumors that I know you've heard about mm-hmm. what Apple's going to do with a 10th anniversary smartphone. A 10th anniversary yeah, iPhone. It could be iPhone 10 or iPhone 8. We're talking, I guess, an OLED display, which is not unique, and wireless charging, among other things. But that, to me, is like a Galaxy Edge, isn't it? Uh, yeah, very well maybe. But you know, the thing with the iPhone has never been necessarily the tech of the hardware, because the iPhone's always been, a, if you just spec for spec, it's always been a lesser phone than any Android phone. But in your hand, 
using it, and oftentimes even in benchmarks, it can outperform those phones uh, based on just the fact that everything in it was custom made for Apple to their specification, and there's no waste in the processor. When you look at like what a, the new Snapdragon 835 processor can do, and there are all these things that it can do, but the but, odds of your phone actually needing that is pretty limited on probably half of the things that it can actually do. So all Apple has to do is build a chip with the functions it needs, optimize those functions, and frankly, on most benchmarks, blows away the competition. Exactly. I mean, you know, I use my primary phone is an iPhone 7. It has you know 4.7-inch, essentially 720p screen, and it's fine. I know that the Galaxy S7 that I also carry around has a much nicer screen. You know, it's OLED. It's a little too saturated. And I can see that when I take photos with it and then compare them on a different screen that there's too much saturation happening on that display that makes it look hyper real. But it's a beautiful display still and really pixel dense. But it's not until I put it side by side with the iPhone do I really notice the shortcomings on the tech side of the iPhone. But just in using it, you don't notice that because you're you know reading text and looking at photos and they're not sitting there staring at pixels individually to pick them out. And the thing to bear in mind, too, is, and this is what Microsoft has done with Windows compared to the Mac, their text tends to be sharper and crisper on the edges. Apple softens it. And I think from a matter of paying attention to content as opposed to being overwhelmed with the look of the sharp text, Apple, I think, does better. It's the same philosophy of Mac versus Windows as having these ultra high resolution smartphones with super sharp text. But mm-hmm. as a practical matter, it's easier, sometimes more comforting to read it on an iPhone because of the smoothing. They feel smoothing is psychologically better. We can go and argue about that. That's not the point. The point being here, of course, is that we see the iPhone 7 succeeded quite a bit more than I guess a lot of people expected, even though it may not always be the most stellar upgrade. But right. what is coming then in smartphones that's even useful anymore? I understand the value of OLED and I can see, all right, you've got a better blacks and you get the unlimited viewing angles and all that. And that's what makes it so great on the TV sets, which are so expensive. And I see why Apple would want to do that. But other than that and wireless charging, what else is left except just speed up things and make the cameras better and that sort of thing? Well, they'll probably eventually bring uh, Apple Pencil support to it so that you can have their stylus working with it. I suppose truly wireless charging, instead of, you know, our current wireless charging is inductive. You have to set it on the pad and line it with the coils for it to work. Uh, It's funny when you mention wireless charging very briefly. Years ago, on the Tech Night Out Live, I actually interviewed somebody who was running a company in the air park section of Scottsdale, Arizona, It was probably 2008 because we were dealing with like a second generation iPhone. And they developed a back for the iPhone that would allow for this wireless charging scheme where you place it on some kind of plate or table and you use that. And I guess kind of sort of Apple's doing that in its own way with Apple Watch. That's not really new necessarily except that smartphone makers have adopted it. But what about truly wireless charging because that would seem to be the real innovation if someone can pull it off right it always seems like that holy grail you know i've been to ces the past several years and every time i go there are like three or four companies 
that have are demoing like truly wireless charging and there's just a, a light bulb hanging by a string and this piece of yarn and yet it's lit up uh, i think the problem with that is just the am- sheer amount of power and inefficiency that comes from the transmitter to get the power through the air to the light bulb and when you're doing that with your phone we're seeing a lot more that customers are okay with plugging in their phone if you've got something like quick charge three or quick even quick charge two and you can top off your battery or get it to 90 percent in 30 minutes i'm like yeah that's fine I'll, I'll be home for 30 minutes i can plug it in and be good to go for the rest of the night surprisingly that apple hasn't put any sort of tech like that in their phones i think it can take up a 2.4 amp charge on an iphone still at five volts whereas when you go with quick charge it can scale all the way up to 12 volts and it can just dump power into a battery in a way that your standard usb just can't well, the thing is, too, I believe Apple has one or more patents for wireless charging technology. Sure. Uh, and we see that, like you said, in the Apple Watch. Uh, they're actually using sort of a derivative of the Qi charging that's built into a lot of Android phones. Uh, if you throw the Apple Watch charger onto the back of, say, a Moto 360, which is, uses Qi, it will actually charge the Moto 360. It's hard to keep it aligned because it doesn't have the right magnets and all that stuff. They are interoperative, but you can't then take your Apple Watch and throw it on a Moto 360 charger and expect it to work for some reason, probably because of the magnets. We have these little things. All right, wireless charging, that might be cool, an OLED display. I'm Mm -hmm. still not seeing the killer feature. I mean, right now, if I had an iPhone 6 here, and I put it next to the iPhone 7, now I'm not talking about some of the things that have been added, the better camera, performance is better, Battery life is a tad better, that kind of thing. That iPhone 6 is good enough. What can the smartphone makers do to keep the two-year upgrade cycle going? Because I see that has to be ending. I think existing gear is mostly so good, unless the batteries burn up, and we know that example, is mostly so good that there has to be a lot to get people to really upgrade. There really does, and... I think we can see the lot in the way that they've restructured things on the carrier side and also from some of the manufacturers that have their own retail outlets that they're really pushing like these upgrade plans now where you're paying, say, $20, $30 a month, whatever it is for the phone. And when the next one comes out, you give them your old phone and they give you a new phone and you do keep doing that every year uh, because people, are, you know, if I, if I wasn't on that sort of plan, I have an iPhone 7, and the iPhone 8 comes out, and it's just an iterative upgrade over the 7. I'm going to go, I don't need that. Because that's happened. We've reached that point with almost every other bit of technology. We don't have to upgrade our computers every year because the next version is just iteratively better. We don't have to do that with TVs. We don't have to do that with cars. Even though there's a new version every year, and it's a slightly better one, They've and they've refined it and... It's faster and more efficient, and it does everything better, but only by a slight margin than the previous one. And smartphones are getting there, but I think that for companies like Verizon's and the AT&T's and even Apple and Samsung, they've looked at where the market is heading and that it's heading in that same direction as much of the other tech industry and decided to be proactive about it with these sort of upgrade plans where you can lock that customer in for just forever for as long as they're willing to keep paying you every month and you have that constant cycle of 
new phones out and you have old phones coming in that you can then refurbish and resell again. We've got more to come with Derek Kessler. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Now's the time to refresh your home and save at Lumber Liquidator's Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale. Our stores are packed with the latest spring trends like modern waterproof wood look flooring. It's up to 34% off or choose from more than 200 styles of pre-finished hardwood from $149. Get deals on over 55 varieties of bamboo from $159, more from $0.59, and special financing. Hurry, the Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale is going on now. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you today. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507-800-478-1507-800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So to keep you going, say with AT&T, it's AT&T Next, which is subtitled AT&T Forever. And they basically have plans. They'll upgrade your phone every 18 months or for a few dollars more. Sounds like mm-hmm. an old movie with Clint Eastwood. For a few dollars more, it's every 12 months. Every 12 months, give them back your phone. And you don't have to do it with the order. You know, they'll trust you for 30 days or yeah. something like that. They send you the new phone. You set it up. You send it back. If they don't get it back, they'll bill you for the balance. We understand that. But that's how the system works. And that's kind of different in one way than the original two-year plan, where you basically would pay a little something up front, be locked into it for two years, but after two years, your price would never change. I know. That was killer. I hated that. Wasn't that a killer? Yes. Now, at least, it's a la carte. And I guess we can thank T-Mobile for that. You pay a specific amount every month. And you know, if you decide just keep the iPhone or the Galaxy or whatever it is, after usually two years, suddenly your price is down $30 a month. And the phone looks great. I don't need to buy a new one. I'll keep it for another year. Exactly. But by putting you into this cycle where every 12 months now you're getting a notice saying, hey, you're eligible for an upgrade at no cost. All you have to do is send in your old phone. You go, ooh, I was looking at that new iPhone. That doesn't sound like a bad deal. But how many people are going to wake up and say, if I don't do it, in another year, the phone's paid off. If I keep it a year after that, I get a full year paying $30 a month less. That can't go on forever, I don't think. It can't, but I don't think people understand how much phones actually cost. You know, they don't realize that these are seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollar devices. They just know it costs them thirty-five dollars a month to have a hundred and twenty gigabyte iPhone seven plus. And that's what it costs. You know, I ran into this uh, a couple of years ago. I had a review device from Vertu. Are you are you familiar with Vertu at all? Only by name. Uh, so they are a luxury phone maker. And essentially it's a it's an Android phone. It was kind of a mediocre Android phone if we're going to be perfectly honest about it. But you know the thing was made out of titanium and calves leather, and it had a ruby button on the side of it that you would push to open up their concierge service. And it even had like a sapphire cover over the the display years before Apple was even rumored to be working on that sort of stuff. And I would hand this phone over to somebody and ask them how much they think this phone cost after walking them through all this stuff. And they'd say, "Oh, uh, two thousand dollars." I'm like, "Let me put this in perspective. Your iPhone right there." is a $750 phone because everybody's still used to that thought of 
even though they aren't on the two-year contract anymore, they remember walking in and paying 200 bucks and walking out with a new iPhone and not realizing that the other $455-$600 was being subsidized in their plan. And it wasn't until I told them, no, this is how much your phone actually is worth. That phone in your hand right now, this fancy Vertu, is a $10,000 phone. And then it started to click with them how much this technology actually costs because companies have to pay for all the R&D that goes into this, all the marketing, all of the, the manufacturing costs, and hopefully turn a profit at some point. And the thing is, you have to bear in mind that the best of those smartphones have processor power comparable to a mid-range notebook computer. you got a supercomputer in your pocket. Remember when Steve Jobs said about the Power Mac G4, a supercomputer on your desktop? Yeah. Smartphones are far more powerful, powerful, what, 50 times, 100 times more powerful? The power increase that we're getting out of these things and the capability that they can do, and we're still playing Candy Crush on them. But then again, it's like most people with computers. It's gotten to the point now where I can comfortably recommend a, a cheaper but still good quality build computer to somebody. You know, they say they come to me asking, you know, if they want a new laptop and I could point out and say, hey, this one's 500 bucks and it's actually a good laptop and it's going to do everything you need it to do for the rest of your life because all you're doing is browsing the web and checking your email and watching Netflix. You don't need this big, high powered MacBook Pro that costs two thousand, three thousand dollars. Phones are getting that way, too. There are some lesser phones available today where if I didn't have a choice and I had to use that phone, I wouldn't be terribly upset because they're actually pretty decent. You know, it's a quote-unquote mid-tier phone. Strange how things have really altered so much. It really is. In the industry. And we look at that, of course, we've seen that for a number of years in personal computers. And they say, well, personal computer sales are down. Mm -hmm. And maybe more and more people are using smartphones as their computing devices or iPads or other tablets. But it's not just that because we look at personal computer sales are going down a little bit, not a lot, a few percent Mm -hmm. a year. And it's not just that people aren't interested. Of course, they'll use tablets, maybe, or maybe they'll use smartphones for computing devices. But it's also true that the computer you bought five years ago still works. Yeah. It's still pretty good. I have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. That's now, a beast of a computer. It is a beast. Weighs six and a half pounds. Oh. It hit be heavy. I mean, it was light for its time. Sure. And Apple doesn't do that anymore. It doesn't have a retina display, okay? Yeah. All right, that's kind of saddening. I put in an SSD to replace the drive, more memory. It's almost in realistic tests as fast as current hardware. If you measure it with benchmarks, the current stuff is 50 to 100% faster. But right. just subjectively, going online, doing word processing. And it's doing basic fast. stuff. It's just fun. And battery is a good eight-hour battery if you have a brand-new battery. It's an eight-hour battery. Now they advertise 10-hour batteries. It is still working, and Apple is still supporting it with macOS, Sierra. Right. Okay. This is a computer that's almost seven years old. And that's true with a lot of people. They keep their computers till they drop because most are built pretty well. It's not like the old days where... You know, a computer was like a toy that you had to kind of hold together with scotch tape and stuff. I mean, they're all made in the same factories. They're pretty Mm -hmm. reliable. 
and you buy a computer, you keep it for five, six years, so people have no reason to buy a new one. Right. It's not until it like physically breaks and you're like, it's not worth it for me to fix this computer anymore. Did people go and buy new ones? I'll admit, I my old MacBook was getting that way because I had burned the battery out on it by just using it so hard. Uh, but also the new MacBook Pro was a significant power bump for me. But even then, it's still, I went four years on that old MacBook Pro. And in the meantime, I went through 18 smartphones. There you go. And I think that's happening with tablets. And yes, I think that's definitely. one reason why tablet sales haven't gone up and why iPad sales are down. I mean, they're still selling twice as many iPads as Macs, if you look at the raw numbers. Right. But the sales are way, way down. Yeah. And that's definitely the same sort of thing because, uh, you know, you aren't carrying your iPad around with you every day. So you aren't going to notice necessarily if the battery life has declined over the past three or four years of using it. The new ones aren't that much better than the old one. Sure, Let's you get, get into the- more of this in a moment. We got Derek Kessler. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. Now's the time to refresh your home and save at Lumber Liquidator's Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale. Our stores are packed with the latest spring trends like modern waterproof wood look flooring. It's up to 34% off or choose from more than 200 styles of pre-finished hardwood from $149. Get deals in over 55 varieties of bamboo from $159. More from $0.59 cents and special financing. Hurry, the Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale's going on now. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you today. Dr. Joe Wallach is not your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Dr. Wallach asked, why does America spend more money on health care by far and yet ranks 50th in health and longevity worldwide? The doctor believes that people should be empowered with a basic understanding of nutrition, then take charge of their life to attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects, requiring more toxic prescription drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies to our own destruction, no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit GCNminerals.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's deadly recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense and I invite you to join the GCN Minerals team. Go to GCNminerals.com. That's GCNminerals.com. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas. When I was playing ball, they called me the Big Hurt. But after I left the game, Mother Nature started putting a big hurt on me. I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, it wasn't my fault. Once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. But luckily, I found out about Nugenics. 
Nugenics is a unique man-boosting formula powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help boost your free testosterone levels. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting PRIME11 to 42424. With Nugenics, you can feel stronger, leaner, with a lot more stamina and energy. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenics is GNC's number one selling men's vitality product. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting PRIME11 to 42424. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. So again, text PRIME11 to 42424. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So let's look at this here. Tablets are good enough. And if the battery goes, you know, we found a place here at Walmart. And I know my son, Grayson, for, who lives in Madrid, was here, and he was, has a bad battery on his iPhone 5C. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I should get a new battery. It's $39. I don't know what it would cost on an iPad. Maybe 69 or 79 from the third-party dealer. That's okay, a lot. Okay, I'll get another couple of years out of it. Yeah. There's no reason to upgrade. Yes, with the iPad and iPhone, the operating system leaves you stranded after three or four years. Right. But that's not a fatal problem. No, it, it'll still keep doing everything it was doing before. And, I mean, and that's one of the things that I think the way with people or that they approach phones versus tablets and computers, people feel like, you know, they, they've just got their computer and then a new one comes out. Oh, well, whatever. It's a computer and it's just a tablet. I'll just keep doing my thing. But a lot of people were like, they're upset that their phone is now outdated. And it's like, yes, it. It's no longer the state-of-the-art thing, but it still does everything it did yesterday. It's no less functional today than it was a week ago, than it was before the new phone was announced. There's a lot of like anxiety about not having the newest device, and I think that might come down to just the sheer amount of like advertising and marketing and excitement that builds up over these things. That people just want the new one, and it's very hard to draw up that sort of excitement about a computer or a tablet. Yeah, but how long can that last with smartphones? I honestly don't know. We're coming up on 10 years of it now. They've been getting away with the scam for them. But let's take a look at tablets, for example. Sure. Okay. So we expect new iPads come this spring. I think supplies are constrained now on the iPad Air 2. What 
mm-hmm. can Apple do other than make it slimmer and faster? I honestly don't know. That's one of those things. It's like you look at these and they do everything I want it to do. And when some when they come up with some new feature that's built in, you go, oh, well, that's nice, I guess. And that's how I felt when Apple ruled out the uh, 3D touch on the iPhone. OK, so there's another menu option. Cool. I, that's fun. I can press harder better. and do yeah. something. Woo! Yep, you. And the camera's better. The camera was a lot more exciting to me than the touch-sensitive displays. I think we'll probably see that sort of stuff start trickling down into the iPads. The iPhone has always been the technology leader when it comes to the iOS stuff. The iPads may have more powerful processor just because there's sheer increase in pixels that has to be pushed. So they always have like the X version of the processor over the standard A7 or whatever the the current number is. And um, we may see that sort of bump happen in the iPad, uh, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that technology trickle down from the iPhone into the iPad. What about Mobile World Congress? Any of the other companies have anything in tablets that you've been alerted about? Yes. Samsung is not going to be doing a smartphone this year. Historically, MWC has been where they've brought out, say, the Galaxy S phone series. And they're not going to be rolling out the S8 this year because you may have heard that they had some issues with their phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, a slight slight blow up over all of that. So is that slowed down their development process? I think it, at the very least it may have put a pause on everything while they reevaluated what they were doing and how they were doing things. Because we saw that in their, their big uh, presentation on what went wrong. And part of it was just pushing engineering too far to where the technology is not there yet to have batteries with such tight tolerances and stuff breaks. Instead, this year, they're going to go a little more low-key for MWC, and it's going to be the Galaxy Tab S3. And it's actually been a long while since we've seen the Tab S2. It's been well over a year since they've done updates on this stuff. Uh, And that's a big change from the early years of tablets. You know, there used to be a new iPad every year, and the iPad mini came out in a, a half interval, and then they started rolling out different sizes. And the upgrade cycle has started to slow on that, even on the company side, as the revenue and churn cycle has started to reflect more of a computer PC style of upgrade cycle versus the phones. Customers don't feel obligated to upgrade every other year. So it's been a good while since we saw the Tab S2. And now we're going to be seeing the Tab S3 uh, later this month in Barcelona. Anything interesting or just the same thing? Slimmer, faster, a few tiny little things in terms of features? Yeah, that's pretty much it. They're going to go with a uh, more traditional 4 by 3 aspect ratio, which is a change from the 16 by 9 that they've embraced in that's previous years. That's the Apple aspect ratio, yes. Yes. Here's the best part. It's going to be 9.6 inches. 9.6 compared to 9.7. Yeah, and 2048 by 1536, the exact same resolution. Oh, gee, they're not going to imitate Apple. Oh, well. No, not at all. <laughs> but it's going to at least be an OLED screen. Uh, it'll have a Snapdragon 820, 4 gigs of RAM. At least it'll be running Android Nougat 7.0, so it's going to have the latest software. And essentially, as far as the internals look like, it's going to be basically a Galaxy Note 5. With more space for the battery not to have to worry about it. Let me ask you something here, too, about Android. Is Google Mm -hmm. ever going to figure out a way to be able to push operating system upgrades to everybody instead of this crazy, nonsensical situation now? 
I think that we're very slowly trending towards that. Uh, they've done a lot of work to make sure that that that's a less of an issue than it has to be. When they separated Google Play services out from the Android OS, and I believe they did that back in Android 4.3, I think is when they first did that. And by doing that, that enables them to push new features that are app-dependent to older phones still. So you can have a phone running Android 5, but still have the latest in Google Play services. That way, all of the apps that you're trying to download from the Google Play Store will still work on your phone, even though you don't have the latest version of Android on your phone. So are they putting more operating system level functions within Google Play to make that happen? Yes, yes, they are. Uh, But that's mostly for the app-dependent stuff, because truth be told, most of what you do on your phone is using apps. And they've done a lot of, you know, almost every core Google app and a lot of the even just Android apps that aren't Google related have been decoupled from Android and they're all updated through the Google Play Store instead. So even if your phone doesn't have the latest software from Google as far as Android is concerned, you'll still have all the latest apps. Dumb question. Why not just deploy Android through the store? Uh, Because... The way that they've structured it initially with all the manufacturers is that it runs through them and through the carriers first. And we understand what they're doing, but why can't they provide this as an option, maybe move over to it? I think it's probably because it would be a very, very bad experience because there are so many Android phones. Uh, The big uh, delay that comes oftentimes with getting these things from Android 7.0 is announced by Google goes through the beta process, and then it's released. Here's the final version. And then, bam, it's on the Pixel. But you'd expect that. It was developed and on the Pixel, and there's nothing fancy or special about the Pixel. Whereas, say, the Samsung Galaxy S7, Samsung has done a lot of customization to that, both to add their unique software features on it, but also to support their hardware and to optimize for it. And unoptimized Android is actually pretty bad. So unlike Windows, where Microsoft can push updates and -hmm. allow for the differences in hardware, there's more tight integration, maybe because they're allowing the manufacturers to do too much. Yeah, and we can see the exact opposite of that has happened with things that Google has released in the past five or six years when it started to become obvious that Android updates were going to be a problem. Chrome OS... They don't get to make the manufacturer doesn't get to do anything but make a box. They make the hardware, and Google says, "Here's the software." When there's an update to Chrome OS, it hits all Chrome OS devices. Uh, Android Wear, the you get to make some small changes to it. You can maybe create your own custom watch face, and you can build in support for your features. But there's not that deep customization that happens with Android proper. We've got that, more to come on final segment with. Derek Kessler, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year, You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? 
Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if there were no contracts, no activation fees, no tracking, tracing, or draconian gimmicks, all on America's largest 4G LTE networks? Introducing PixWireless.com. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, and unlock GSM phones instantly. Bring your own device and make the switch today. Here's how. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PixWireless.com, spelled P-I-X, PixWireless.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow Allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
So the key here, and I guess the problem or the benefit is that by allowing handset makers and even carriers to go through the nth degree of the ability to customize their Android experience, Mm -hmm. you make it more and more difficult for Google to have control. They've ceded so much control, they'll never get it back. Or I guess they could. And we're seeing that with some manufacturers, like they have ceded how much customization they're going to do. Like a brand new HTC phone or a new Motorola phone has very little customization on it, which means when there's a new software update, they only have to check the handful of things that they changed, and then they can push it out. They've done a lot of work to separate out also like security services. So security updates are delivered still through the carrier and through the manufacturer, but they're delivered as here is the security update. And here are the things that it touches, and then they only have to check that stuff, verify that everything else is still working fine, and then push out that update. And it's not a massive update to the entire Android OS. Whereas with you know, an iPhone right now, if there's a security problem, they have to update iOS, the entire thing. Or if they want to update the calendar app, they have to wait for the next update of iOS to update the calendar app. Whereas Google's decoupling of all of this stuff and taking a lot of what you think of as consumer, what you think of as Android and moving it into its own separate units that can be updated independently has given them a lot more flexibility to where I honestly think that the concern over not necessarily having the latest version of Android, there's still a lot of people that are concerned about that, but it's not actually as big of a deal as it used to be. But we still get to the same point here, which is where and how far can Google take this? Because they're not making money from the platform, they're making money from the ads. Right. No other company, I guess, at this point has felt impelled to roll their own operating system. The was a Tizen from Samsung isn't being used that much. Maybe they just can't make it work. I think that they had like a phone that they released in Russia or something. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, I, that's what I wondered about, too. Does Google want to find a way maybe to combine Android and Chrome? So they have one operating system, kind of like what Microsoft is sort of trying to do, have one operating system deployed for notebooks and like a fork of it deployed for tablets and smartphones? We are actually kind of seeing that convergence happening already. Uh, With the latest updates to Chrome OS, you're able to run Android apps on Chrome OS. You know, Chrome OS itself is essentially, if you want to really be incredibly basic about it, it's a very glorified browser that has support for a lot of stuff. But at its core, it's still a WebKit browser. And that same WebKit browser is built into Android. And so there's a lot of cyclical code sharing happening with that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years there's a full convergence between Chrome OS and Android. A lot of that comes down to the power that you need to run Chrome OS, which is very low power, versus Android, which requires a lot of power behind it to make it work. If you think back to the original Android devices from eight or nine years ago, they were pretty miserable experiences because the hardware wasn't there to support everything that needed to happen to make Android happen because it was trying to do everything. You need a sledgehammer. Right. And, uh, you know, there's lots of small sledgehammers built into our phones nowadays because, as we discussed, there's so much more power in these things than there was just a decade ago. The... Chrome OS stuff is a lot lower power. It's still far more powerful than, say, a netbook from 10 years ago trying to run Windows XP and just being an absolutely terrible experience. 
I am so glad those died. Well, I uh, know I tried a netbook once. I was setting it up to access a friend's Wi-Fi network. This was his girlfriend. And the first thing I say after playing with it for a few minutes, you really couldn't afford anything better? Yeah. Well, it was 300 bucks. Yeah, but there's a real computer that's 500 bucks. Right. This is a piece of CRAP. So looking at back to notebooks very quickly before we let you go. So Apple kind of did something really interesting here with the new MacBook Pro, the late 2016 version with the touch bar. It's got two processors in there. It's got a system on a chip arm with a watch OS derived operating system for the touch bar and the usual Mm -hmm. Mac OS Sierra and the Intel processor. Right. So now we're hearing stories that Apple might be trying to extend functions into ARM. I don't think they're going to do a full processor switch, but how does the Windows world compete with that kind of scheme? Well, they already are. That was just a couple of months ago, they announced Windows 10 on ARM. And it's not like Windows RT from a couple of years ago when they had the Surface RT, or it's very limited Windows. They figured out how to make full Windows 10 with even the old x86 apps like like Photoshop. And the games that we're used to playing work on ARM processors. Now, At what cost and performance, though? There's a bit of a hit for, for the performance, of course, because there's some uh, emulation that has to happen to make that happen. We saw that happen with uh, Apple's PowerPC sure. to Intel transition. For a while there, there was a hit on performance when you were running these older apps that were designed for the older processor. And you see that hit with x86 apps running on ARM on Windows 10. But they've also built it such that all the apps that are distributed through the Windows Store are already compatible with ARM. And there was nothing, because the framework that they built it on, there's nothing that the developer has to do to make that app work right. Now, these aren't the same ARM chips that are in phones. Like the Snapdragon 835 is a much more powerful chip than, say, the Snapdragon 821, but it's expected to be put into a laptop, which has a much bigger battery and has thermal heat management and all the stuff that you can't put in a phone. And I think that's the same story that Apple might consider, whether they can switch to ARM. A lot of people use their Mac with a virtual machine or with boot camp running Windows natively. And I think the only way Apple would get away with this, other than just offloading functions to ARM, they'd have to find a way to translate that Intel in a way that The loss is so minimal, most people wouldn't see it. And if people perceive it, it would be like the old days of PowerPC trying to run virtual PC or something, if you remember those days. It was horrible. I wouldn't be surprised if the ARM transition comes in probably the next five years for Apple. I 100% believe there is a version of macOS inside Cupertino that is running on ARM. Oh, we Um, they were doing that with Intel when they had the PowerPC. Exactly. They ran it for years behind the scenes before they are ready to make that transition. And I absolutely believe that transition is coming. In the long term, Intel is screwed because their mobile ambitions have just completely floundered. They didn't get it right, and ARM just destroyed them in the process. And if Apple oh. really makes the way to translate Intel for virtual machines and boot camp in a way that's almost seamless, goodbye, Intel. Derek yeah. Kessler, please tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you're doing, where do they go? Well, you can check out my stuff on windowscentral.com and androidcentral.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Derek A. Kessler. You can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. That's Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also find Gene Steinberg on Facebook. If you look for the guy with the red plaid shirt and the blue eyes, 
It's probably me a few years ago. I'm a wee bit older than that now, but I still have the shirt. The shirt's going to outlast me. We have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's called the Powercast. And this week we'll be talking to Micah Hanks about mystery satellites and moonlets. Even before we sent satellites into space, the Russians had Sputnik in, what, 1957? Some people saw satellites there anyway. Ooh, weird. Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. We also have a special way for you listeners to support the Tech Night Owl Live. And the way to do it is to join Tech Night Owl Plus. And here's what you do. You go to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. And what you do there is you check out the instructions on signing up for the service. We give you a commercial-free version of this show with superior quality audio, higher encoding rate. And it's all for a low price starting at just $1.49 a week. Our price, as they used to say in a magazine, cheap. And you can get lifetime subscriptions too, by the way. Go to plusplus.technightowl.com to learn more about Tech Night Owl Plus. Derek, have a great, safe flight to... I'm looking forward to it. ...to Barcelona. I'm jealous. Thank you for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. Bye. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.